my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where, of course, we're always talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing. And of course, yes, we look at it through the lenses of politics, finance, and technology. It's the convergence of those three things that give us context to what the heck's going on, because it seems very, very crazy. Now, it is crazy. (laughs) And I want to bring to you some of the latest breaking news so you know what's going on and, and explain it to you so you can start to see how this fits into this great narrative. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news for the last couple of days, I'm sure you've seen it. And it's a pretty troubling sign. It's been bothering me. I saw a video uh, yesterday or day before yesterday of somebody walking through, like with a selfie video, walking through a line longer than you could imagine of people waiting in line at night on like a city street. And all of these people were waiting in line to have their eyeballs scanned, their retina scanned, and put into a database. All of these people were willingly Waiting in line, not just do, now I hate waiting in lines. I don't know about you, but like, I don't wait in lines for nothing. I'd much rather just pay more. Um, I don't need to wait in line all night for Black Friday sale. I'll just pay more on uh, the day before or whatever. Uh, These people are waiting in line to willingly let their eyeballs be scanned to go into some database that they don't know where it's going, what it's being used for, who's going to control it in exchange for something called WorldCoin. Sam Altman, the founder of ChatGPT, released his much-anticipated crypto project. And the goal is simple for him, not so simple for me, a global financial and identity network based on proof of personhood, which is uh, maybe part of what he's trying to do with the AI era. So 
He wants to prove that people are actually real people and not AI machines. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, Andreas Antopoulos, one of the uh, OG, OG, like Bitcoin educators, he wrote a number of books, one of which is called, uh, or two, he actually wrote two books called The Internet of Money, Volume 1 and 2. Highly recommend you reading them. They're like booklets. You can get them on Amazon. Highly recommend you read those. But um, he talked about how Bitcoin is borderless, permissionless, um, these things, but it's also personless, personless, which is pretty interesting, right? A person can get a bank account. A machine cannot get a bank account, right? Um, and he talks about like where you could have like autonomous vehicles that could go around and drive an Uber route, for example, and they could get paid. Um, but what he's trying to introduce Sam Altman with his WorldCoin is reintroduce personhood. Now, he made a cool, you know, quarter billion dollars, no big deal, $250 million um, creating this, this token. And then he got these eyeball scanning um, nodes um, that are being sent all over the world. And like I said, people are standing in line to do this, to have their eyeballs scanned. It's very murky uh, and unclear exactly what he's trying to do. But what scares me about this is that in a world where we're continuing to lose more and more and more of our privacy, and we're seeing how that's being used against us, and we no, look no further than China, um, how willing people are to just go and just give that up for what? They don't even know what it's for. They're, they're, they've been told that if they do this, they're going to be given some free um, WorldCoin tokens that might be worth something. Now, what's interesting about this is that they can't do this in the U.S., in the United States, per the SEC's regulations, they're not allowed to just airdrop or give tokens away. So now we have all these people in the United States standing in line to get their eyeballs scanned, and they can't even get the tokens. So that's pretty scary. Um, it scares me for the future of humanity when people think like that and haven't even really thought through or read the fine print to even know what they're doing. Giving up all of their privacy in exchange for something they can't even get. Pretty scary. Now, uh, in order to do this, you have to visit one of what they call an orb. You get your retina scanned. Like I said, there's, a, there's 150 orbs in 35 different cities all around the world. Um, creates this, this personhood. And supposedly, supposedly, um, it verifies that you're human, uh, but it keeps your identity private. And uh, they keep it private. Do they know, though? Do they just promise not to tell anybody? Well, we probably don't know. It's proprietary. So that's pretty scary. Um, they're calling it like a digital passport. So it seems like it's sort of like a like a play where they want to build the biggest database of, of, of IDs, digital IDs, and they could control it. Now, in China, you're not allowed to have access to the internet unless you go through a facial recognition scan. So they want to know who everybody is on the internet. In case you say something mean about the government that they don't want, then they know exactly who said it. No more anonymous using anymore, and that's exactly what this is setting up. They don't want you to be an anonymous user anymore because they want there to be consequences if you say something. See, in China, they have freedom of speech just like the United States does. You can say whatever you want in China. You just might end up in a concentration camp and have your organs removed. You're free to say it, but you may not be free after you say it. Now, the U.S. is supposed to have freedom of speech. I say what I want freely, and I'm free after I say it. Of course, we're seeing that change right in front of us as well. We're going to get to more of that in a minute. 
uh, some things that have happened this last week to show how this has changed in the United States. But like I said, in China, you're not free after you say it. In China, they shame their citizens. They put them on blacklists. They put their faces all over billboards around town to show who that is. So this world coin is taking a scary turn. And like I said, most importantly, I'm just scared for all the people that are going and standing in line because it just shows where we're at as a humanity heading down this path. Um, the opposite of that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is borderless, permissionless, trustless. Nobody needs my retina. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody needs an ID on me. And we can all trust. We don't have to trust it because it's open. We can all verify. Instead of trusting, we verify. Now, of course, as these things happen, as more and more things that the government do happen, they start to do the marketing for Bitcoin for us. I'm going to talk more about this in a little bit. Um, some very prominent people around the world have been getting their bank accounts shut down. They're being debanked. So what do they do? Well, if I'm kicked out of the financial system, what do I do? Well, I, I'm not going to die. I need somewhere else to put my value. Well, Bitcoin seems like a good alternative. And so while a lot of people think, well, what, what's, why do we need something like Bitcoin? Well, they're, certain, they're certainly finding out very, very quickly right now. And while that's doing, of course, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset of 2023. It's obviously been the best performing asset um, since 2010, um, it's also the best performing asset of 2023, and more and more people are buying it. Of course, now the evil empire BlackRock, uh, you know, quasi semi partner of the government, uh, has now decided to jump into Bitcoin, and now they're trying to open up an ETF. We'll see if they get that through. But there's three analysts from BlackRock that put out a report this last week talking what they think the perfect portfolio allocation would be. Now, historically, for like about the last 50 years, um, your financial advisor has most likely told you that you should have a 60-40 bond to stock portfolio. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And having that allocation would be the perfect portfolio for your you know 40-year savings, retirement, et cetera. But these BlackRock analysts have now um, gone into see if that's still correct. And as a matter of fact, they came out with something totally different. And as a matter of fact, it's so different that you're probably not going to believe me. So I hope that you go to Google and fact check me on this. But you can find the report the BlackRock analyst wrote. Um, and you can see all the data that they have there. And what they said is that the perfect portfolio would be only 6% in bonds, 6.04% to be exact, 9.06% in stocks, and 84.9% in Bitcoin. Wow. What? What? BlackRock? They have more assets under management than anybody? Their business is investing your money in stocks for you? Their analysts said that you should only have a 9% allocation to stocks, a 6% allocation to bonds, and an 85% allocation to Bitcoin? That's what they said. Now, Bitcoin's averaged a 200% compounded annual growth rate. They said now it's down to about 150% compounded annual growth rate, but compared to stocks, about 6%. So would you rather have 6% or 150%? I think the answer is pretty clear. And so that's why BlackRock had to come out and say that. And so maybe that makes you think a little bit differently about it. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Ma Show. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. And after this break, I'll be right back. Don't go away. Be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. 
I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, right? We talk about it each and every week, and we're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines to show you just how far things are progressing, how fast they're going. And, you know, it's sort of like sometimes you have like this chicken or the egg situation where like, um, was this uh, was this created as a solution to that problem or is this causing the devolution of the problem? And so, you know, when I think about Bitcoin specifically, I think about it in terms of that. And, you know, for the last six, seven years that I've been publicly talking about it, specifically in the United States um, and maybe, you know, Western world, Canada, Europe, et cetera, uh, I get asked all the time, like, why? Why do we need something like Bitcoin? Why, why do we need that? Why do we need decentralized technology and things like that? Um, when you talk to people in third world countries or very harsh uh, authoritarian regimes, you don't have to they don't ask those questions. So if you live in Turkey or Venezuela or Argentina or Lebanon or any of these countries where you're seeing double to triple digit inflation, you don't have to be told why you should need another currency. They already know. <laughs> They're trying to get out of that currency as fast as they can, which is why those countries impose like capital controls to force them in. If you live in North Korea or China where your transactions are censored and you can only buy what they tell you you can buy, you don't have to be told why you need a currency that nobody can control. You already want that. Only if you live in the United States or Canada or Western Europe do you ask a question like that. And you would only ask that question if you have absolutely no idea what the heck the rest of the world is like because you've never traveled and you've never paid attention. So you're in, you're in New York City in Manhattan sipping a $20 cocktail what do we need different money for? Our money works fine. Well, it works fine for you. For the majority of the world, it doesn't. I hosted a uh, Twitter Spaces call with presidential candidate RFK Jr. this week, and um, he was asked on the call, um, what was it that brought you to take another look at Bitcoin? And he said, it was the Canadian trucker protest. When I saw Canadians practicing their constitutional rights to uh, peaceful law-abiding protest, you know, peaceful protest, he said, out there singing songs and picking up trash and feeding the poor and doing all these things, and they were demonized and their money, their bank accounts were shut down. 
I knew at that moment we needed something else. And so uh, he, uh, as well as millions of other people, were brought to this realization like, oh, shoot, we do need a different money that the governments can't control. So uh, maybe you, maybe that wasn't your point, but don't worry. The government's going to do their best to get you warmed up very quickly. And of course, we see more of that happening today. Um, just this week, we saw two very prominent people known globally who found front and center why they need a different money. Uh, one of which is Nigel Farage. Uh, you might know Nigel Farage. Uh, he served in the UK Parliament. Um, he was instrumental in the Brexit um, situation, which a lot of people in the UK have different opinions of Nigel Farage depending on, you know, which side of the political aisle you're on. I can tell you not that I'm an expert in Brexit or what happened there. However, it's clearly the UK wanting to be part of the EU, which is a globalist, and then the UK wanting to leave the EU, uh, um, which would be then decentralization. And so I, I believe that Brexit and Donald Trump being elected were signposts of this decentralized revolution I talk about. Um, that being said, I did get a chance to meet Nigel Farage and talk to him quite uh, quite a bit. Um, at a, we spoke at the same conference, uh, Nomad, Nomad Capitalist Live in Mexico City last year. And I got to hang out with Nigel. We went outside, he had a cigarette, and uh, we, we sat and chatted for about 30, 40 minutes. And I can tell you, like, he's pretty based. Like, he understands the threat of globalism uh, very well. He understands the threat of the global banking cartel. He understands the threat of uh, this entire globalist agenda, and he has fought against that. Um, so it should come as no surprise that, of course, they don't like him, and they want to use every tool in their ability to get rid of him, including um, censoring him on the Internet, smearing him and destroying his character. And the latest one is that he has now been unbanked. What does that mean? That means he is kicked out of the banking system. That means he was notified that his accounts will all be closed without warning. Your accounts are closed and uh, you can't uh, have a bank account anymore. What do you do if you can't have a bank account? Well, exactly. You don't do a lot. He's been talking about this and a lot of people are like, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. But this is happening. And so now the whole world, even if you don't like Nigel Farage, you still see what happened to him and you go, shoot, if they can do it to him, they can probably do it to me. Uh, we also had another one, uh, somebody uh, very, another you know, globally recognized figure, a personal friend of mine as well. I'm talking about Dr. Joseph Mercola. Dr. Joseph Mercola is a uh, one of the most famous, um, you know, naturopathic, holistic doctors in the world. He's been creating content forever, helping millions and millions of people through their health problems. And during the COVID pandemic, he became enemy number one of the COVID industrial complex because he talked about ways that you could build up your immune system, ways that you could, you know, alleviate the symptoms and things like that, which they didn't want. Imagine that. Imagine them not wanting people to be healthy. Hmm. Interesting. He became enemy number one. Like I said, he's a personal friend of mine. He's spoken at, uh, I've had, I have my own conferences called the Market Disruptors Live. He spoke at both of those. And not only is he became enemy number one, he was named by CNN as the number one source of disinformation. So now he's uh, spreading lies and spreading hate and all these things. And now they've come after him. So he also got debanked. As a matter of fact, he received notice from J.P. Morgan Chase that all his accounts were going to be closed. And not just all his accounts, but everybody that works for him and even the people that work for them's kids. So 
we're not just, it's like those movies, you know, where it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to get revenge on you. I'm going to kill you and everybody you know and love, right? And, and then the hero's like, well, okay, oh, fine, I'll do whatever you say. Um, that's what they did to Mercola. They didn't just go kill his bank account. They killed the bank account for other people he know and loved. So people watching this are like, shoot, this is getting pretty crazy. This isn't just North Korea here. This isn't just China. This is the UK. This is America where there's supposed to be a rule of law. What happened to the rule of law? Well, the rule of law has been turned into toilet paper. In the Nazi regime in Germany, they did something similar. They passed a number of laws that restricted the rights of a certain class of people they didn't like, the Jews. Um, they, they passed all kinds. These laws stripped Jews of their citizenships and prohibited them from marrying non-Jews. Um, and so they took a group of people they didn't want. They created laws in a way to go after them, to persecute them, to strip them of their citizenship and even prevent them from marrying. What's so different about what's going on today? The UK, the EU parliament doesn't like Nigel Farage talking about, uh, how the EU is corrupt and needs to be shut down. Um, the, uh, the uh, COVID industrial complex doesn't like Joseph McCullough talking about ways that you can take vitamin D to build up your own natural immunity. Um, and so they smear you. They censor you first. Remember, he was named number one disinformation. They smear you first. Or they censor you first. Then they smear you, discredit you. And then they just assassinate you. In this case, uh, debanked. And so, um, like I said, at a, case, at, at a point where the developed world mostly wants to know why do we need something like Bitcoin, it's coming front and center. And we're really starting to see that there's very, very, very blatant two-tier system. At the same time, this week, we've seen uh, Hunter Biden um, try to get this plea deal. He's facing some serious, serious, serious uh, allegations that could be even punishable by death. I mean, we're talking treason here. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we talk about the decentralized revolution. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week so you can see exactly the play-by-play, -play. the signpost as it's happening right now. I got a lot more to cover. We're going to talk about the economy, what the Fed did, raising rates, what's coming next, what's happening with the stock market, um, and what's going on with this BRICS currency. All that and more coming up in a second. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show, of course, talking about the latest breaking news headlines that demonstrate, that are the signposts that show us how the world is changing. When I say signpost, what I mean by that is that a lot of times people want to know where things are going, and then they want to know when. And the, the when problem is always the question. Because uh, as Warren Buffett said, I believe it was him, he said that markets can stay irrational longer than uh, people can stay solvent. And so while we see what's going on and we understand where it's leading us to and what the inevitable outcome of this is, we just don't know how long that time frame is. And so I call them signposts because if I was going to give you directions to my house, but you've never been to my house and you don't know if I live near you or on the other side of the country. And I said, oh, drive down the highway till you see this sign and go right and drive to the end of this fence and go left. And when you see this sign, go right. And you know, there's 10 or 15 turns there, but you don't know if that's going to take you one hour or 15 hours. Right. Um, and so, um, because you don't know how long it's going to take you, you would just be following the signs, but you would know as if there was 15 turns or 15 signs, as you get down to the 12th and the 13th and the 14th, you would know you're getting closer. Now, that last sign, that 15th sign could be a, a long distance between it. So you don't know exactly when, but you know you're getting closer. And that's exactly what we're looking at. These are signposts that show us where we're going. It shows us the direction. And as humans, uh, we want to know the direction of where we're going, especially as investors, because we're not trying to trade in and out of all of these individual news stories, but rather we're trying to position ourselves and be in the right direction. And so that's important to understand it from that perspective. Um, and one of the things that we're looking at constantly to figure out what the direction is we're going is we're watching the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, of course, controls the monetary policy in the United States, and they cause all the booms and busts that we have. You know, they were created, supposedly they were created, they told us they were created in order to prevent the market booms and busts from happening. They were created supposedly they told us to smooth out the market cycles because the markets are too volatile and we shouldn't ha have these booms and busts and so if you allow us to control money then we can smooth this out however um, the opposite is true and as a matter of fact if i could show you a chart right now you would see that since the federal reserve was created in 1913 the booms and busts only get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and each one has gotten bigger and faster and worse and so they increase the money supply and then they things boom and things take off good and then they decrease the money supply and everyone goes bankrupt and they do it over and over and over again and they do that by adjusting the price of money now most people realize that setting the prices of goods and services doesn't work it's been tried numerous times throughout history and has always failed every single time um, if i say that you can't sell bread for more than two dollars but it costs you more than $2 to make bread, then what happens? Well, two things. One, we have shortages. No one's making bread. Two, we have a black market. People sell bread on the black market for whatever the price is needs to be to be to be paid. So we understand we can't set prices for goods, but when the Fed sets the price of money, they're setting the price of all the goods. And you set the price of money by the interest rate. So if I want to buy a million dollars house, I don't have a million dollars, so I need to go buy the money. I need the I need to buy the million dollars. How much does it cost me to buy a million dollars? Well, today it cost me about 7%. That's the interest rate, right? 
So when they when they lower the price of money, take interest rates to zero, people borrow a lot of money. When they increase it, people borrow less. And so we've just seen the Federal Reserve go back onto the warpath, raising interest rates. Now, it's interesting that they did this for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, last month, the Fed decided to pause. Now, they didn't call it a pause. They called it a skip. <laughs> we haven't really heard that terminology before. But when you look through the history of the Fed, raising and lowering rates, they do this all the time. Uh, when you look through the history, we've never seen a point where they lowered rates, held them low, which they did, and then raised them, and then paused and started raising again. We haven't seen that before. It's always been they lower them, things get too hot. So then they start raising them and then they raise too hot. They start crushing everything and then they start lowering again. So they, they go back and forth. It's more like a light switch. We're up or we're down. We're up or we're down. We're up or we're down. Maybe we take a pause before we go down, but we don't um, go up, pause, and then keep going up again, at least not in history. And yet we have. So we're seeing some some firsts here. That's why, you know, history repeats, or I'm sorry, history rhymes. It doesn't always repeat. Um, but here we are raising rates again. We can see that, uh, we are now raising the benchmark borrowing cost to the highest level in more than 22 years. As a matter of fact, we haven't seen this level um, since before the 2008 financial crash. So not a good sign. Uh, we can see this uh, quarter percentage point increase bring the Fed fund rate to 5.25 to 5.5%. Um, and they indicated at the June meeting that two rate hikes are coming this year. So more should be coming. Interesting. Now, the Fed has a target of having 2% inflation, which they overshot. They couldn't get to 2%, so they overshot it. We ended up at 9.1%. Oops, it's a little bit too high. Now they're trying to bring it back down to 2%. They still have a long way to go. But what do you think the odds are that they land exactly on the number? Now, if you guessed zero, you'd probably be pretty close to right. And it's an interesting time because at the time that we're seeing this happening, the Fed's watching the CPI, Consumer Price Index. They're also watching um, other, other numbers and indexes as well to see what's happening. But what's interesting is when you look at the CPI basket, the only thing that was coming down in the CPI basket was energy. Everything else is staying up. Energy has come down. Now, why has energy come down? I'm talking about oil, gas, um, natural gas, et cetera. It's come down because of two reasons. It's always supply and demand, but it's a little bit more complex than that. You had the Russia-Ukraine situation, which everybody expected sanctions to happen, and they expected all the Russian supply of energy to fall off the market. So it would cause a massive shortage in supply, which would push prices up. So prices shot up to the moon is what happened. And then when they realized that, well, the U.S. sanctions actually failed, as a matter of fact, the U.S. sanctions backfired. As a matter of fact, Russia still has all the same energy going to the world that they did before, and there's no supply um, shortage at all. The prices crashed or just went back down to where they were. You see, they shot way higher in anticipation of a shortage because the shortage didn't happen or materialize. They just came back down. So they crashed back down. So that's why prices uh, of energy have crashed so much. And that's where this deflation or this disinflation, the CPI basket has come from. However, I believe that's about to change. Um, we're starting to see now energy prices are starting to go back higher. So they, they went too far and now they're um, readjusting. And I believe moving into the rest of this year, we're going to continue to see an increase in, in, in the energy prices. And that will be a problem for the Fed as inflation continues to go back higher. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I'll keep you here with the play-by-play. -play. I've been very vocal saying that I think this is some of the lowest inflation that we'll see for the rest of the decade. We are not at the bottom 
we're maybe at the bottom of this cycle. So when you look back through history, 1970s, 1940s, when inflation really was rampant, it comes in waves, right? Nothing ever goes up and down in a straight line. And so that's what we expect to see, look for it in waves. Uh, Breitbart, their economist says that we're probably looking at a double dip uh, of inflation and it's on its way. And so he said that he's expecting... Um, we're talking about uh, Breitbart economics editor John Carney told Fox um, that he's expecting another explosion because of the rising price of oil and shelter, which is exactly what I'm saying. So I think that's going to be interesting. We'll have to watch that. And we also saw that as the Fed has raised rates at this level, they haven't just crushed people like you and I, they've also crushed the government, the U.S. Treasury, because the U.S. Treasury has now $32 trillion of debt. And so now the interest rate has gone up on that debt. And the U.S. is now paying $970 billion, basically a trillion dollars, just in the interest alone just in the interest alone. It's insane. As a matter of fact, we have now surpassed, the interest payments have surpassed the amount of money spent on the military, which is pretty incredible considering that the U.S. spends more money on its military than the next 10 countries combined. More than China, more than Russia, more than every other, more, more than the next 10 countries combined. And now we're spending more on the interest. It's not good. It's definitely not good. And we're seeing uh, the impacts of this all around the economy. Uh, defaults are on the rise. Corporate bankruptcies are expecting to blow up. And so it'll be pretty interesting to see how this all plays out. I got to take a quick break. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm going to come back in a second. We're going to talk about what's going on with this new BRICS currency that's supposed to be announced here. Um, going to going to kill the dollar, right? So I'm going to explain what the BRICS currency is, what it means, what's happening, what the dates are to watch for, and more. Be back with that in a minute. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hello, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about uh, the decentralized revolution like we do each and every week. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines as we look through the convergence of politics, finance, and technology. It's really where those three come together is where we get the context of what is going on in the world. Now, as the world, as I talk about this decentralized revolution, as we move from a single, singular, you know, single polar uh, U.S. dollar-led global homogeny into a uh, tripolar or multipolar world, um, then we also are seeing the breakdown of this global reserve currency. The dollar has been the reserve currency of the world uh, officially since 1944. Really um, unofficially, that changed in about 1971 when President Richard Nixon kind of broke that agreement. And it's important to understand what those dates are. And actually, let me go back a little bit further. Um, the U.S. took over from the pound sterling in about 1913. Then we had the creation of the Bretton Woods Agreement in 1944. If you add that up, that's about 30-ish years. Then 1944, we had a new monetary system that was created, 1944. And then 1971, Richard Nixon broke that agreement. So the dollar was supposed to be backed by gold. All the currencies of the world will be backed by the dollar, pegged to the dollar. But he ended that. In 1971, the dollar was no longer backed by gold. 1944 to 1971, if you do the math, it's about 30 years. Then we've been on a fiat money system since 1971. That is a completely unbacked, completely free-floating currency basket of paper dollars, where each country now has their own free-floating currencies and we trade against each other. So it's important to understand that because fiat currencies, monetary systems tend to last about 30-ish years. We're now about 50 years into this, and yes, the monetary system is changing. Again, right here in front of us. We know that Russia and China have both been on a de-dollarization plan for over a decade. They've been trying to move away from the dollar, changing their reserve. Um, instead of storing all their wealth in treasuries, they've been buying other things, commodities, things like that. Of course, this was really escalated when Russia had their bank account seized after the Ukraine invasion. And now we see the rise of the BRICS that want to rise up and create their own currency and challenge the dollar. The BRICS stand for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. It's a coalition of nations that get together, but we've seen more and more countries joining these BRICS nations. And we're seeing um, that these BRICS nations are not to be discounted. As a matter of fact, collectively, they have they, they, they play a major economic role in the world, and not just a major economic role, they also produce most of the commodities in the world. Now, the United States does really well. We produce a lot of goods and services. We have, we have a lot of GDP. Uh, we, pr we produce a lot of you know, social media services, and we produce a lot of you know, financial services, but we don't produce a lot of the, the, the actual physical commodities the world needs. Even Vladimir Putin called out the United States and said, what are you going to do? You're going to eat your social media stocks? The world can't eat a social media stocks. The world turns out needs like things like fertilizer and corn and wheat and, um, you know, base metals like gold and silver and copper and, um, you know, things like rare earth elements to make electronics and things like that. And the BRICS nations 
produce those. Now, what we can see is that these BRICS nations, they don't want to be under the thumb of this dollar system anymore. And so they've been working on creating their own uh, global currency. Now, this is coming to a head pretty quickly. We'll see what's happening. But this, uh, just this month, July 23rd, um, they had a big 2023 BRICS summit. And we saw top national security officials and diplomats from all these BRICS nations gathered in South Africa for a three-day meeting to really dig in deep to see exactly how all this is going to work, what their hot you know, spot issues are, uh, what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, uh, global security, all of these things in uh, preparation for what's coming next month. And what's coming next month is, uh, I believe, August 22nd, they're supposed to be announcing the new BRICS currency. And this is a pretty big deal. Um, what are the odds that it actually takes off? <sighs> Boy, maybe... I'm going to give it a less than 50% chance. Uh, I think it's very hard to get all of these countries to agree on anything, so we'll see. But um, I'm not saying it's a zero chance, uh, but they're supposedly going to announce this August 22nd. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we have other major nations like Saudi Arabia, for example, joining that block of the BRICS. And if they start selling um, oil in these other BRICS currencies, that's going to really change the game. You know, when the dollar left the gold standard in 1971, 1974, it moved to an oil standard. It's known as the petrodollar. But if that's lost, boy, the dollar could lose ground very, very, very quickly. So it's definitely something that we want to be watching for. Because like I said, these coalitions are are not small players. They're big, big players. Now, the, what they've proposed is to do a dollar not a, I'm sorry, not a gold-backed currency, but a gold-referenced currency. So what that means is um, the pound sterling, right, which is uh, was the reserve currency of the world before the dollar, and is still the top three currency used in the world today. So um, it's been around a long time, but the pound sterling. So the pound was a reference to how much silver, sterling silver, how much weight. So that was supposed to equal a pound of sterling silver. And so that's what they're trying to do with this uh, gold-backed currency. It's not, a, it's not backed by gold, meaning um, it used to be where you could go exchange dollars for gold. The dollar was a IOU for the gold in the bank. And so anytime I could take the IOU and go get the gold, right? Um, but a, a referenced is different. It's not, it's not backed by it. You can't go exchange it for it, but um, it would be equal to a certain measurement of gold. We don't know what that is yet, so we'll see. But potentially, like uh, this new currency, this new BRICS currency, we call it a BRIC. Um, a brick could be worth, say, one-tenth of an ounce of gold. And if gold's $2,000 roughly today, one-tenth would be worth 200 bucks. So now one brick would be equal 200 bucks, right? You get the idea. It could be a gram. It could be whatever. Um, now, what would be interesting about that is then um, that gives all of these countries a neutral currency that's based off of a, really an asset that, they, that nobody controls. Now, we've seen Russia, we've seen China adding more gold, and really all central banks around the world have added more gold than any time in history, potentially in preparation for this. Not to launch a gold-backed currency, China and Russia have almost a zero chance of, of, of actually having a reserve currency of the world. I don't think they're able to do it, nor do they want to do it um, for any number of reasons, including they don't have open capital markets. Two, they don't have the trust. Three, they don't have the... Um, they don't have the credit markets. They don't have the bond markets to invest that money into. And and then four, they don't want it because of something known as Triffin's Dilemma, which is that the nation that has the world reserve currency of the world is forced to export dollars in order to supply the world with that currency, which is what the U.S. has done, which is why we've hollowed out the entire middle class. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but what would be interesting is that 
you know, right now it looks like all the currencies of the world are falling next to the dollar. The dollar is the king currency, it's the strongest. But we would actually see, we potentially could see the dollar losing value to the BRICS currency because the BRICS would be tied to gold. And what happens is that's sort of like a snowball effect or self-fulfilling prophecy, where as that happens, then people want to start dumping dollars to buy the new currency. It's also known as Gresham's Law, which is good money drives out bad. And so people would be wanting to get rid of the weaker currencies to buy the stronger currencies, which only accelerates the entire plan, the entire situation. Um, so this is expected to happen August 22nd. Um, it's why central banks are buying lots of gold. Might not be a bad idea to buy some gold just in case, uh, but certainly, like I said, it will be interesting to watch how this plays out. But the odds of, like I said, all of these nations really getting together and agreeing, uh, I'm still having my doubts about that. The United States, which is supposedly 50 United States, can't even agree. I mean, we have in the United States, we have states suing you know, uh, the national, the federal government or passing laws to prevent the U S from putting like a CBDC in, for example. So like in, in North Carolina, in Florida, in Texas, they're passing legislation to prevent that. And these are 50 independent States of Americans. Uh, how do 50 independent nations <laughs> agree to do this? Um, that's going to be difficult. We know that Vladimir Putin can't eat from Russia, which is one of is the R in the BRICS, can't even go to the S in the BRICS, which is South Africa, because of fear of being arrested. So how can, you know, arguably two of the bigger leaders in this BRICS coalition, uh, they can't even visit each other because their fear of being arrested. Like, how does that work? And I think that's going to be a big problem. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. I'm giving you the latest breaking news, which is the signpost that show this is happening. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Hit me up on social media at one Mark Moss. Let me know you're listening. Uh, give me a review on this show on your favorite podcast player. If you could please do that, I'd appreciate it. And that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.